Welcome to Marriage and Money, a conversational podcast about personal financial topics aimed at improving conversations about money in your marriage so you can reach your dreams together. This is a weekly discussion brought to you by a seemingly financially incompatible couple bonded by the legal contract of marriage. My name is David, your favorite saver, and I'm joined by the spender I started with so many years ago, Heather. So, so many years ago. Some days it feels like yesterday, and some days it feels like forever ago. <laughs> what day is one of is today? What, what kind of day is today? Forever ago, which is it? Is it's a bad forever thing? ago. That was the wrong answer. It's not a bad thing. It just means you know. I feel like we've been together for as long. as It I just can means remember. it's. It feels like it's drug on way too long, and no. you're looking for ways to get rid of me now, and so no. you can spend, spend, spend without someone telling you no. Is that what I'm hearing? No. Well, we have a great show planned for today. Today, we are going to be discussing where to start when beginning on your personal finance journey. How about that, Heather? Yeah, I was thinking about this more as I was prepping for this. Like, I think it's kind of weird to say that because like, everybody has personal finances, right? It's like everybody yeah. has money. You, 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 so, you've already started. So you're always on, you're kind of on a journey, even like when you're a kid, right? You get your first allowance, you buy your first toy, like, right? But I think... What we're trying to talk about is how well or intentional are you about managing them, right? And managing that personal finances. And we want to help you level up. That yeah, happens do. to be my word for the year. And so it's creeping into other areas. But that's kind of the <laughs> intention, right? We want to help you level up. Odds are, though, also, if you are listening to this podcast, you've, you're probably already working on leveling up. And this probably isn't the first time. But... There's a good chance that maybe somebody out there you know you're having conversations with. Now, we're not saying go beat them over the head with a club and and <laughs> and tell them how to manage their finances, but you might get in a conversation with somebody at some point and, and they might ask your opinion on something. Or maybe you carpool to work. Nobody goes to work anymore, but maybe you do and you're like, hey, listen to this awesome podcast I was listening <laughs> to. You just, you know, turn it on. Um, but yeah, I think it's... I think the point is, again, like everybody's got this, but a lot of people bury their head in the sand. We've talked about this, right? People get overwhelmed and they just get paralyzed. Like they don't know what they should do. And so then they do nothing. And so it's like, we don't want you to feel that paralyzed. We want you to be successful in your financial journey and feel really knowledgeable. Like, you know what you're doing and you got it under and you're in control and you're in the driver's seat and you're not just like getting whipped around with wherever your money's taking you, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, nobody wants to be whipped around. You want to be in control rather than have your money control you. Um, and, and and so as we start talking about this personal finance journey and what do we what exactly do we mean when when starting a personal finance journey? I think it's important to start there and important to define what it specifically is we're talking about. And there there's no doubt different stages of your personal finance journey. You might be in a state of crisis where you're not sure how you're going to pay the rent this month or the mortgage, or you might have a car broken down and you don't have money to pay for it. Crisis mode. You might be in crisis mode. Um, we're not really talking about that today. We're talking... So getting out of crisis mode is different from leveling up your personal finance journey. And certainly getting out of crisis mode would be step one. So, yeah, but that's not where we're talking about today. Podcast on that. Yes. We talk about how to help you get out of crisis, get out of debt. Or if you don't have money coming in exactly, but 
that's not where we're trying to talk about today. We're not trying to get you from there. We're 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 focused on this episode is to try to help people that have got their stuff together. You know, you got a job, you got some income coming in. You're not crippled with debt. You might have a a mortgage, you just bought a house, but you're trying to like, all right, how do I take control of this financial situation? How do I get better? How do I make my money start working for me instead of me working for my money, right? So, and that's like I said, really the key. Leveling up, right? Let's level up. Yeah. That's what we want to do. Yeah, today. you're already doing well. Maybe you're already doing quite well, in fact, but but you want to just start controlling your money rather than it controlling you, as Heather was saying. So there are a few places that I would recommend people starting. And the first one I would say is, and, and maybe this comes across as too obvious, would be to spend less than you make. Now, yeah. you're not you're not going to say you, you got to save money if in order to build wealth, and it's just impossible if you're spending everything. So th- this is kind of a no brainer, but I'm saying it because it takes some dedication to do that. It takes some some self control. It's not easy. Right. And I think I think that sounds so basic. Well, duh. Yeah. You know, spend less than you make. But so many people don't do this. I mean, there's just proof out there. That's why credit card companies make so much money and there's so much debt in the world. It's because people aren't doing this. And and when we say, um, you know, spend less than you make, that doesn't mean putting it on credit cards and like, oh, I'll pay for this in three years from now. That's not what we're talking about. It's like, literally spending less than you make. And like I said, it sounds basic and like, yeah, of course, but a lot of people aren't doing this. And spending less than you make also means it's spending less than you make. I should say is not the same thing as buying what you can afford. So you might be able to afford that loan payment. You might be able to afford that credit card payment, but you're spending more than you make. And that's not what we're, we, we want to keep you away from that. Right. So I think one piece of advice on what you could do, like, okay, well, that sounds simple. Well, what should we do? What do you mean? Give me an example. And I think the biggest thing that we thought about in advice was think twice before you go to buy something or going out to dinner or making that purchase or you're at Target and you're getting your toiletries for the week, but you see that extra, that nice new outfit or, you know, things like that. Stop and just ask yourself, do you really need this? Is this something that I really have to have right now? And be willing to make some sacrifices. I mean, that's really what it is, right? Like you said, like this is, you are going to have to make some sacrifices. Maybe it may not be what you want. You might want something, but be willing to make some sacrifices. Yeah. It, it's going to be hard. And it uh, it's, it is hard because even I would say, you know, we've come a long way, Heather, uh, but we're still saying no on a regular basis to things we want. Oh, for sure. Constantly. Like almost every day. Yes. Um, but I also think like this is not probably the same thing, but like I feel like we're really good about doing this specifically around large purchases. Like we will never make a big purchase on a whim. Like never, never ever. Never. Like it doesn't matter how great of a deal or how convincing hey, we the run sales into ju- this. person is. It's like we will never make a big decision on money without sleeping on it, without really thinking it through. And that's like a big purchase, but that's just an example of like, don't be pressured, like just pause, think about things before you do it. There is never a deal so great that you can't give somebody money for tomorrow. Uh, maybe there is, maybe once in a blue, once in your lifetime opportunity, but odds are 
you're not going to recognize that opportunity when it comes up anyway. So assume that, that whatever you're looking at now can wait till tomorrow in order to pull the trigger on it. You're going to thank yourself when you do it with a clear head. Um, next, I would say it's it's critical to, to, to uh, set some goals. We ta- had a lot of conversations on this podcast about goal setting, Heather, and about how how big of a part of our, our financial life that's been about how we, we use goals as those big mileposts, those signposts, those milestones to, to be able to say, this is where we're headed. Now let's map out a plan to get there. And I would say we've built a lot of our, or most of our financial life around goals that we set. Would you agree? Yeah. And I would also say, that they're specific to you and your spouse. Like just because David and I have this goal, that doesn't mean that that's going to be your goal. No. Like everybody, every couple is going to have different goals. There might obviously might be some overlap, but it's very specific and unique to your personal situation. Yeah. And and those goals, they might involve owning your own home. They might not. They might involve plan they they probably involve planning a certain number for retirement but they maybe they don't maybe you have other other uh, abilities or plans but or they they might be something i don't know i don't know what they are right St- start launching a new hobby into a, a new into a new profession or a job or you, there could be a whole suite of goals you have right and and you do want to focus on both the short term and long term goals so you're going to have some little itty bitty goals and you're going to have some big goals out there Like, um, for example, it could be, to your point, saving a million dollars for retirement. Being like, hey, we want to have a million dollars when we retire. That's a long-term, a big goal that you're going to work on, right? Or it could just be, hey, I want to save an extra $100 a month so I can give it to my grandkids or whatever, right? So you got to be thinking about small and big and short and long-term. But again, these need to be, you know, they're specific to you and your spouse. Right, right. And we've had different goals as we've gone along. Like when I, when I was a kid, my goal, we've mentioned my, my favorite car a few times, my goal was to buy a DeLorean, this amazing car that just seemed impossibly out of reach. And then I, over time, I put together a plan of here's how I'm going to put a few dollars away every month in order to get to, in order to build this up. And started executing against it and then had a little pile of cash there. And it took a long time, but eventually I got there and it was like, wow, I can make things happen. And then Heather, you and I have had goals in terms of like what types of how, what type of house do we want to live? What kind of life do we want to live and building those up and working on them? And they didn't happen overnight. And usually, well, I think in every case, these big goals we focus on and we take years to do them. Some of these goals we've we had, uh, we we wanted to live on a lake, and that took us. Uh, we, we we talked about that when we were dating, and we've been working towards that for twelve. We, it took us like twelve years or right. more to get there after we got married, like long term goals. But focus, continual saving, you can make that happen with a plan. Right, but we also short term, like when the first year we married. I'm married, we both said we love pinball machines, and we ended up buying a pinball machine. We did um, pretty early, so I mean, yeah, yeah. But yes, you're right. Right, yeah, and that them. that was cool, and I still enjoy it. <laughs> Just played <laughs> so, it recently. <laughs> so the action here, like, if you're like, okay, how do I? What do I do with this? Um, you need to have a conversation with your spouse. 
about goal setting and get on the same page. And it does you don't need to be aligned on all of your goals. I mean, maybe there's some that are specific to you, but as a couple, we'll talk about it and have fun with this. This can be a really fun conversation, a fun dreaming um, conversation to get excited about. And because you got to be excited about it, or you're not gonna you're not gonna do it, right? You got to be passionate about it. You got to really want it, otherwise you're not going to put a plan together and work towards it. Right? And we're dreaming all the time. I mean, like we were dreaming just right now, just this past, well, Friday we had a little conversation. We were like, Oh, where, do, where do we want to go next? And it was just kind of a casual, you know, we didn't, we didn't come to any major conclusions, but we started having another conversation around, Oh, where do we think we want to go next with our life? And right. anyway, it just really fun having these conversations. I'm right. dreaming. Um, it, Next, we, we dipped a, our toe a little bit into it, but you gotta you gotta execute on those goals, and you do that through planning. And I know planning doesn't sound very fun. A lot of people don't like planning. I think planning is can be a lot of fun though, because you're motivated by those goals. You can't reach a goal without planning to to reach it. Right. If you don't plan to reach it, you're not gonna reach it. So this is this is the stage where. You're figuring out how are we going to make these awesome things that we we want to do reality. And that is really motivating to me. And it's motivating to put together a plan. And so you got to plan for things like emergencies. We've, we've talked Ooh. about that. I know. Nobody likes because, emergencies. Because, because, we've talked a lot about it lately. We've got a lot of podcasts on this. We've got but, a lot of podcasts on emergencies. But it's reality. You're right. And, and planning for that helps insulate those emergencies so that they don't derail you from your primary goals, right? So you're planning for those. You got to plan for other things that might derail you, like like your bills, your known bills, um, and costs. You know, you might have regular. You, we all have taxes we have to pay. We all have insurance that we have to pay. Right, and you know you're going to spend this. Like you know you're going to spend it. It's not like it's a surprise. It's not an emergency. It may be chunky throughout the year. It might be like, oh, I didn't know it was going to hit in February, or I didn't know it was going to be this much in August. But you know you're going to have these expenses, Yeah, if, right? if you have a pet, you're probably going to take that pet to the vet at some point during the year. Or that pet's probably going to have an emergency procedure maybe. Or, you know, there, there, there could be something. So you, it's probably best to maybe have a little money on the side for when that happens. Because you know it'll happen eventually. Right. Um, your monthly spending, right? You know you're going to have a mortgage or rent and utilities and groceries. So, you know, make sure, again, this is make you know, sure you're living planning. below your means and planning for those expenses. And then finally, retirement, right? Hopefully you want to retire someday. Hopefully you don't want to work till you till you die. But you got to plan for that. That that doesn't just happen. You don't just miraculously wake up someday. And maybe unless you live in a foreign country where a lot of the government pensions and things but you know <laughs> if you're in the united states you probably have to take care of yourself you need to, you need to take care of yourselves and so you got to set a goal you got to start socking it away today and plan for it and yeah and so we talk about planning what do we mean by planning well yeah we mean by put a little bit aside on a regular basis so that you can cover these things when they come up and what does that look like what are those what are those numbers look like now you kind of need to figure that out. I mean, we we have an episode on emergencies that gives some recommendations there where we say three to six months and we go into details on why we think that's a, a good range. Um, and you know how much your bills are. You know how much you're how much you probably need for retirement. Or we also have another episode on, on, the, on that you could go back to, to check out. But the, the the point is, is that your plan should be how much are we putting aside 
on a regular basis to fund these things? What are the things we need to fund and how much are we funding them with? Yeah, and I know that sounds complicated, but it's not as hard as it sounds. I mean, it is kind of messy when you're like, wait a minute, I make this this much a month and I have to spend this month I spend more. So um, again, it's about being thoughtful, kind of knowing where you're spending it, putting some money aside each month so you're not caught off guard. And we have an, an online savings account for a lot of these expenses, you know, cash that we need to put out. We have an online savings account where we set it up and we, we track, okay, we need this much every month to cover these things. And that money goes in there. And, and we right. have a way to to break up or split out those, uh, those dollars based on that category within that online savings account. And that's been a really handy way for us to do it. You can track it however you want to. It's been slick for us. Right. So the next basic tip we have on this getting started on your journey is to remove debt from your life. Now, David Prowl, I'm not sure if <laughs> I know Brown. your feelings on this. Can you remind me what you think of debt? I can't. Oh, gosh. I, I can't. Are you? I, I have hated I debt my whole life. <laughs> I have never been able to. Art- early on, I was never able to articulate why I hated it so much, but the reason that I hate debt so much is that it eliminates options for me. It locks me in. I feel trapped in it. I All of a sudden, as soon as you have debt, now you have to pay somebody a chunk of your income every month or else your world falls apart. Or else you could have legal action taken against you. You could end up in jail. You could, there are all kinds of things that could happen if you stop paying that debt. Like, I don't want to be in a situation like that. It's stressful. I mean, at the beginning of this episode, right, we talked about the whole point of this is so that you're in control of your finances, that your finances aren't in control of you. And this is like the biggest one that can be in control of you. Like you said, if you are in a, if you've got debt, you have a legal agreement that you have to pay it. So you're not in control anymore. Like your money is in controlling you to say you got to pay these bills every month, right? Yes. It's the exact opposite to your point of what we're trying to do here. So get out of it. We're trying to free you from these obligations. And completely understand all the all all the the arguments saying oh well i get a tax break or oh well i i i get such a great interest rate that i'm actually making more well, fine you can tell yourselves those things and maybe maybe they're even true in your case but it's the fact still remains that someone or some entity is in control of your finances and it's not you and you have to think about it constantly and for me, that adds stress. Maybe it doesn't add stress to anybody else. Maybe I'm weird like that, but I like... <laughs> you get stressed pretty easily. I like eliminating that but stress from my stress. life. So if you're like, okay, Heather and David, that sounds great, but what can I actually really do in this area? I'm feeling paralyzed. So this is what we want you to do. Determine which debt you're going to focus on first and work it down. Simple as that. You know, you might have a lot of debts, list them out, figure out, hey, this is the one I'm going to go after and just throw money at it. Work it down. Get out of that debt. Just start somewhere. Bam! That's Work right. that down. Pay it off. Get out of it. It'll be painful. Like, it, it's hard paying off debt. It's not fun. It's so worth it. And it feels so sweet. And it, ugh, when you're out of it, you will just love life. I love life so much more being out of debt. Okay. The final step, 
final basic step, I want to say, is is that you need to grow what you have. But when we say this, we don't mean your belly, but we mean your bank account. <laughs> I think we should make t-shirts that say that. Grow, <laughs> grow what grow you your have, ba- not your belly, your bank account. <laughs> All right, I'd buy a t-shirt. I need to trademark that. Let's do it. Let's do it. No, so uh, this is the, the stage now where... You have control of your money, and so now you can start to make that money work for you. You should be, you should be investing that. You should, you need to grow that, and yeah, it, it can be a little scary to do that. I think this is the stage. This is the part that's the scariest for most people that have not done any investing because you see the big, you see the news stories of the the stock market crashing, especially right now. Like the last six months has been terrible, and a lot of people have lost twenty percent of everything they have, right? But it'll bounce back. And then you mark my words, you can check the date, check check back in in 2 years, the stock market, the Dow Jones Industrial Average will be above where it is today. Or it'll be a, it'll will have recovered everything it lost and then some. It always has. Yeah. And I think with this it's one gonna though, be fine. I know this one is kind of scary cuz it's like a lot of people are like, "Ah!" That's great. I want to invest. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea where to start. I don't even know what that means. Like it is, it can be, this can be, I think of all of these steps, I feel like this one is probably the most like paralyzing. Like, I don't even know where to begin. I mean, people get, oh, I've got a debt. I should pay more money towards it. Oh, I I should set goals. I know how to do that. Right. It's like, but this one is like, I just may not know. I just don't know. I don't know what investment count. I don't even know where I would go to look. I don't even know what that means. I can't go to my bank to do this. Like, how do I do it? Like, how do I do it? That's great, Heather and David. I got this money here. I'm ready to go today. What do I do? So we're not going to get into a ton of details, but the action item here we really want you to do is, I mean, you should open an investment account, but if you're like, great, I'm ready to do it today, how do I do that? This is one that you, you do need to do some homework on. So I do suggest there's tons of information out there. There's more information than you can need, which is probably part of the paralyzing part. But, you know, do some research, watch some YouTube videos, read some blogs, get some books, um, you know, do a little homework. Because this is a you do want to invest properly. You don't want to put it all in Bitcoin or Dogecoin or whatever it is and lose it all. Um so you do want to do a little bit of homework here, but it doesn't take a ton. You don't have to do a ton. There's a lot of great resources, really puts it down. There's like, I think there's investing for dummies I saw online. So there's really some simple books out there that'll tell you just how to get started. Yeah. And if if you get into get into an investment account, get into like a, a an index mutual fund of some type, you're probably going to be just fine. Do, do you a little bit of homework. And you'll pick out something that's fine. You're probably not going to pick out the next thing that's going to shoot up, shoot up drastically and make you millions of dollars. Nor should you be really looking for that. You really should be looking for something slow and steady. Be the tortoise, not the hare. Slow and steady is going to win the race, and you're going to have less headaches and and less heart attacks as a result. All right. So we want you to continue this conversation with your spouse or significant other. So. Start taking action if you haven't, but odds are, if you're listening to us, you're probably on this journey. So who is someone that needs to hear this that you could go have a conversation with instead of your spouse? Yep. We're mixing it up this week. We want you to have a conversation with a friend or family member and help them out versus your spouse. Well, and 
I should also call out, don't don't force the conversation on no, people. No, 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 no. You know, we don't want you to go out there all militantly and say, hey, you're screwed up. <laughs> no. No. But, but yes. Yeah. Feel free, feel free to have, you have a little conversation with somebody that as it comes up in conversation, because I don't know, maybe, maybe it doesn't for you, but for us, it seems like it comes up from time to time with, with people in our lives. Okay. So David. Heather. When you talk to people that are just starting out, you know, taking charge of their personal finances, what advice do you give them? Okay, so getting back to what I said a moment ago, first of all, I, I try not to give them advice unless I'm asked to. Um, because, I don't know, it's, it's one, it's not my personality, and two, I don't really like it when people just lay advice on me and tell me what I'm, I should be doing. Um, it can come off the wrong way. So be, be, I try to be caring with the approach. But if I'm explicitly asked or if we're having a conversation on the topic, I'll, I'll start by telling them, similar to what we talked about today, talk, start with your goals. Start with your goals. You need to get motivated. You're going to be most successful in your finances when you're motivated to take action. And that's where I want people to, where I tried to direct people to start. And then they'll say, well, okay, then how do I activate against what's what's the action against those goals? And that's where I I maybe I jump to my favorite tool a little too quickly, but I jump to that budget and I say, you know, I've really liked having a budget to say, here's how I'm working towards those goals. This is my plan to get to those goals. And I can see my progress on a monthly basis. And that motivates me further and it gets me excited. And I think because it's a tool that I'm excited about. And because it's something that's been successful for me and that I have a story around, I think that helps get other people on that page. I think I think that's the piece is that it's it helps to have that personal connection where I'm like, yeah, this is awesome and it's worked for me and it can work for you. I don't know that that's my thought. What, what are you, where are you at, Heather? It's so funny because we do not share what we're gonna how we're gonna answer this question when we're prepping for the podcast. And I seriously wrote down the exact same thing you said. Oh, well, not the budget, but how you started out. And what I said was, honestly, I don't like to give advice unless it's asked. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly the same point. I don't go out just preaching this and like you kind of set on our call to action for the audience, right? It was like, you know, so anyway, so I usually see where the conversation goes and give suggestions or advice where it comes. So a lot of times the conversations are talking about, hey, we're looking at buying a car. Or, hey, we're looking at investing or how do you do budgeting? So I usually just kind of follow where it goes. But if I was ever like straight out asked for advice, which I don't think that has happened, but if I did, I would say live below your means. Don't spend more than you make. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. That's how people get in trouble. And you may reach your goals by taking on debt, but it's not going to end well. You might be like, hey, my goal is to do this and I'm going to borrow gobs of money to get it. And then you're going to be in really big trouble. Right. So and then, like I said earlier, personal finance is personal. So it's unique to every person (laughs) that's that's got personal in the name. So it's your own it's your own journey that you're on. So dream about what you want your life to look like and put a plan in to make it happen. Like you said, going back to the goals. Awesome answer, Heather. As always, thoroughly impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm regularly impressed by you. That's why I married you. But um Okay, so Heather, we we have our favorite segment, which is a question from the listener. Ooh. And you too 
listener can email in with a question or a comment at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com, just like Jane did. All right. Ooh, a new caller. Yes. And Jane's asking a question regarding, uh, I think it was episode 96, a couple episodes ago, where we talked a little bit about emergency funds. And her question was, how do you replenish an emergency fund after a $7,000 air conditioner fix? We had mentioned that our air conditioner went out and we were thankful we had an emergency fund available. So she's asking, how do you replenish that? Do you go into emergency mode? Do you take your time and just kind of work it up over a long period of time? What What's the approach to reestablishing that? That's a great question. That's a great question. So I think there's a few things that you can do. So one thing you can do is you can take... So if you have an emergency fund and you've used it, that means you probably have other savings out there. Maybe not, but you could. But but there's a good chance you saved for emergency fund, yeah. you're thinking, and then you you're probably are saving towards other goals. Correct. So you're if you've already saved towards other goals, you could take money from those. So if you, hey, we were going to go on this vacation, or hey, we were going to buy a car, and we had money set aside, you could move that money from whatever that fund is into your emergency fund and then restart saving for those items. Now, I know that's not as fun because you're like, oh my gosh, we had hit this goal and we were about to go buy a car. It's like, now I got to move some of that over to the emergency fund and restart. But it is a way to make sure like, yep, I'm fully funded again and to start pull money from somewhere else. And the the reality is is that nobody wants to be or you shouldn't be without an emergency fund very long really because you don't know when that next emergency is coming so having that replenished as quickly as possible is certainly a good thing right right because who knows the next emergency could be tomorrow um an, another way heather that i would recommend now this is more the militant saver in me coming out but <laughs> i i would say also you could get aggressive and, and this is, a, of course, a preference. You can get aggressive on cutting back lifestyle to save up and say, okay, yeah, and once, until we have this emergency fund taken care of, we are not going out to eat anymore. And we're just barreling down. We're getting this thing done. Um, but, yeah, if you have those other savings goals that you're stealing from in order to fund your emergency fund, that's not necessary, right? Or maybe it's not necessary. Maybe you do both right. if you are feeling really aggressive about it. Right, right, exactly. I mean, those are the two ways, right? You cut back on your spending to build up that emergency fund, or you sacrifice some of your additional savings. So maybe you're putting money towards retirement or your kid's college fund, and you need to halt that for a little bit while you replenish back up the emergency fund. You kind of go back to how we talked about how to build an emergency fund in the first place. It kind of goes into place, but you might have more options because if you already had one, you might already be on these steps again if you have additional savings. Yeah, hopefully if you've already built an emergency fund, rebuilding it shouldn't be as hard because you already know how to build one. Um, so you're kind of going back into that building mode and a few different ways to do that. So hopefully we got through that. Hopefully we, we answered that question. Let us know, Jane. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about wraps up our conversation for today. Remember, you can always email us at marriageandmoneypodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at marriage.and.money. Thanks again for joining us this week. And remember that whether you're a spender or a saver, your best financial life lies somewhere in